I'm Casey. And I'm Emily. And you're listening to A Sprinkle of Sugar, A Dash of Murder, a true crime podcast with an element of baking. And what did you make this week, Casey? So, this week I decided to make some nice, warm, homemade hot cocoa. Delicious. Perfect for Christmas time. Yes. Um, you said the title of this episode is... Um, we're doing the Santa Suit Covina Massacre. Right. And week. that's... That's all Emily told me, so I just kind of had to go based off of Santa, and I thought of some nice warm hot cocoa to let us sit in and listen to this murder. So anyway, um, with this one, I I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know veganism very well, but I think this is vegan, Um, because instead of two cups of dairy milk, it's two cups of almond milk. With um, three tablespoons of cocoa powder, fourth teaspoon of cinnamon, and then three tablespoons of maple syrup. And okay. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think, I mean, it sounds vegan. I don't think you get maple syrup from an animal, so <laughs> I don't just, know. Just tap into, you know, the maple, the maple animal, maple squirrels. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, um, and then... You can also add a fourth cup of rum if you're feeling spicy. Ooh. A little extra seasonal. (laughs) Get you through family dinners, maybe. Or this episode. Yeah, that too. So, Emily, let's dive into this. Yes. Okay. This happened in Covina, California. And I think I'm saying that right. C-O-V-I-N-A seems like Covina, sorry, if it's not, but anyway. (laughs) Um, So this happened on Christmas Eve in 2008, and Covina is 22 miles east of LA. Joseph and Alice Ortega invited their five adult children, James, Charles, Letitia, Alicia, and Sylvia, and their families over for Christmas Eve, And about 25 people were at this Christmas Eve party in the house. And the family was peacefully enjoying a game of poker when the doorbell rang at 1130 at night. And an eight-year-old girl opened the door and saw a man in a Santa suit um, standing there. And he entered the house pretending to be like a hired entertainer for the party. Hmm. And... Immediately as he stepped inside, he shot the eight-year-old girl in the face, um, in her cheek, and started firing off at random. And before I continue, she lived. So, oh my gosh, that must be so traumatizing for her. I know. It's oh. crazy. And like, thank God she did live, you know. That's true. Um, so then he immediately started, like I said, firing a semi-automatic handgun Um, around the room with like the party goers and he also shot a 16 year old girl in the back and she also lived and chaos ensued very quickly in the house yeah I can imagine yeah as guests are frantically trying to escape as like gunfire is just firing off and they start um, relatives start jumping through windows hiding behind furniture running upstairs, like anything, you know, like you just, you never know what you're going to do in that situation, but I'm sure you're just going to like, your instinct is like fight or flight and you're just trying to leave, you know? Right. 
Uh, I mean, it's even if you're, I feel like even if your instinct in that moment is fight, the guy has a semi-automatic weapon. Right. You're not going to run at him. No. <laughs> no matter what, you're going to hide. <laughs> you're just attending a party. It's not like you're not expecting this at all. So yeah. I'm, yeah. Um, when he ran out of ammo, he sprayed the room with accelerant using a homemade device made of two pressurized tanks, and he sprayed about 18 gallons of gasoline into the house. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, and, so what I'm picturing right now is like, like one of those like backpack, backpack type things with a hose kind of attached to it. Is that kind of like what he had? Um, I haven't seen any pictures of it, so I'm not sure what it looks like. Um, I'll try and find some for the Instagram post maybe. Um, but they said it was a home, it was completely homemade device. So it's not something, it was like a homemade flamethrower, they said. And within seconds, the house was like completely on fire. A neighbor whose name is Joshua Chavez was next door visiting his mother for Christmas. And he said he heard a loud explosion and then said, I saw black smoke and this large flame. So he went outside to see what was going on and saw three girls, including the girl, the 16 year old girl who was shot in the back, trying to climb over his mother's wall, the wall that like separated their houses um, to get in the yard. And they said, there's some guy shooting in there dressed as Santa. Oh, my God. So, neighbors, these neighbors were quick. They, police said they started getting calls from, like, almost everyone in the neighborhood. Like, people were calling 911 and saying they saw, like, survivors, like, fleeing, running out in the streets and everything. Um, One neighbor said they saw a woman jumping out of the second-story window to escape, and she broke her ankle. Um, So, it's just, like chaotic that's such a terrifying scene just yeah pure terror one neighbor called 911 and said come immediately they're burning down somebody's house and later when they were interviewed the neighbor said the ortegas had lived there for more than two decades and the family was like gigantic family i mean there were over like there were around 25 people at this party and um they were extremely close-knit and very friendly good people so it was like super shocking and then once again like this neighborhood is like a really you know one of those safe. like really close-knit safe neighborhoods too yeah. yeah oh and then some neighbors also said they usually came over to the ortegos for christmas and exchanged gifts with each other and one neighbor even said that he usually played santa at their christmas parties so these neighbors who usually go were not there that Christmas Eve by chance. Wow. You know, and they could have been in like previous years. And who is this guy? I mean, where the, I mean, I'm sure you're about to tell me. Yeah. But like, I just at this just at this point in time, where did he even come from? I just don't understand. He must know them. And this is my guess so far. He must know them. Mm-hmm. Because I just feel like something that random for that house specifically, yeah. in the middle of a neighborhood, wouldn't necessarily happen. Yeah. It's kind of... It is crazy, you know, like, a stranger who just decides to dress up as Santa and, like, come to your house. Yeah, so... It just makes it that much more scary, I guess. Yeah. Firefighters were sent to the Ortega's house as calls continued to come in from all these neighbors, saying they heard gunshots. And when the police arrived, it was total chaos and one cop said when i arrived to describe it as apocalyptic would be accurate 
so the house is completely like in flames and it's like completely burning down and everything um there are people scattered everywhere in random different neighbors houses because they just ran off you know so when the cops get there they have to like go door to door to find survivors from different neighbors houses too um and then letitia ortega was the only ortega family member um that the cops could find at this point with her husband and her eight-year-old daughter who had escaped to a neighbor's house and but letitia's daughter had been shot okay so this is the this is the eight-year-old that got shot um i think so yes okay um yeah so she had been shot so they went to the hospital immediately and they were sent to the hospital police then started to search the house as they're putting out the flames um and it's safe enough to like go inside and try and find people Mm -hmm. and they found nine burned bodies in the ashes so the bodies were so badly burned that they were completely like unrecognizable and they couldn't identify who they were exactly and it wasn't until the autopsy was done and they had to the only way they could be identified um was through the dental oh my god like records and stuff oh my god that's horrible and do you think it was just people that were just hiding in the room um i it was people who were um shot as soon as he walked in so they didn't have a chance to like run away because they were shot um and all of the body the nine bodies who were identified were all members of the ortega family so that's another thing like pointing towards this being possibly somebody they know because yeah. the Ortega family members like the immediate Ortega family oh, wow. um were the targets and not like the other guests yeah. you know um or maybe it was like just by chance that they yeah. happened to be the ones who were in range you know right so while the police were investigating the Ortega house, another crime was happening in another part of California that they had to go look at. Um, the police were called to Brad Pardo's house, where he had just come home to find his brother Bruce dead on the floor of his house in a pool of blood. These are unrelated crimes yeah. right now. Um, and the police found that Bruce Pardo had shot himself in the head in his brother's home with a 9mm handgun. Um, one of one was in his lap and a second 9mm on the floor. So they're believing this is, since there's two guns, there are two shooters, one person is dead, that means, oh, the other shooter got away but left his gun. So that's what they're thinking at this point. So they they're connecting this guy... To being one of the guys that was in the house? They think at this point there are two... What's happening with the Ortegas and what's happening at Brad Pardo's house is two completely different incidents. Okay, so what do you mean there's two shooters? Um, there, there are two guns in the household. One gun is on the floor next to Bruce and mm-hmm. one is in his lap. So they think there was a second shooter um, who shot Bruce and left. Oh... Yeah. Because of probably because the way that the gun was on his lap was not necessarily looking like a suicide. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, there, it's it's not a suicide at this point. They don't oh. think. So, huh. then they start. The police um, are thinking maybe this isn't a suicide. Maybe he is um, murdered. So they start looking into. Well, who is his immediate family that we can call besides his brother who found him? And they trace back to his ex-wife, Sylvia, who um, they then realize his ex-wife is Sylvia Ortega. <gasps> so, mm-hmm. so Letitia Ortega, who is alive and at the hospital, was able to identify to the police that the shooter that came into into her house or her parents' house in the Santa suit was, in fact, her sister Sylvia's ex-husband, whose divorce with Sylvia was finalized on the 18th, so just a few days before this. Oh, my gosh. So now they're thinking, okay, maybe there wasn't a second shooter with with Bruce Pardo, um, and he's their suspect now of this massacre. So they... When the autopsy was done on all nine victims found in the Ortega's home, they were not only... The burns were after they had been shot, and they found that all nine of them were shot with the 9 millimeter handgun that they found. Oh, my At gosh. the house. Yeah. So it was definitely him. Yeah. Then they searched um, Bruce Bruce's car and found a Santa suit in it and thousands of rounds of ammo. And I'm like, well, why do you need that much? Like, you are clearly planning something, like, huge. I mean, not that this wasn't huge, but, like, why do you need that much? I always get curious with that because it always seems like that's the case anytime with, like, with shooters like this that kill multiple people is, like, then when they search their home, they find tons of guns or tons of ammo or, like, you know, and they look in, like, a shooter's backpack or something. They find, like, a ton more, like, and yeah, that's the whole thing. Is like, are they planning on, if they get away from with this, just continuing or... Right, like... Are they planning on barricading themselves and protecting themselves somewhere? But he went and apparently, like, as of right now, it looks like he just commits suicide. Yeah. Right? This is... Mm-hmm. That's the guy that... Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just weird because... How could you possibly use thousands of rounds of ammo on, like, this one isolated incident? So, I just, I just never get that. Why No, get I mean, that much? And you load a clip, it's 10, 10 rounds. It's so suspicious, so too. So, it's like, oh what are you going to do? Like, do you have multiple clips? Are you just going to continuously just be reloading? Exactly. Um, so, the car that they were searching was booby-trapped to explode once the Santa suit that was in it was removed. And so the cops, obviously, that's evidence. So they did take the Santa suit out of the car and it exploded. Um, Nobody was injured. None of the cops were miraculously. I mean, the car exploded. I don't know how. But nobody, they were unscathed. So what? Like, this guy's deranged. Yeah. And obviously, who, I don't know how, like, what his job was, but he obviously knew how to make a homemade flamethrower. He knew how to rig his car to explode once a Santa suit was removed from it. Like, and Wait, like, doesn't, it's such a weird other thing. Like, oh, this Christmas item that I'm like. Okay, yeah, I know. And okay, I don't remember if you said this or not. Did Sylvia die? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
I was, yeah. So, um, I'll identify like who all died, but it's like kind of unconfirmed at this point. But yeah, Sylvia is one of of the the victims. Yeah. After Bruce's autopsy, it was confirmed that yes, he had committed suicide and they definitely ruled out the possibility of any second shooter. So, and he also had severe third degree burns, like all over his body. It turns out, like, through investigation, he was unaware that an open flame was going in the house, which caused an immediate explosion when he started spraying. And the explosion left him extremely burned with parts of the Santa suit melted into his body. And that's... Oh, my God. That would be... And he drove over to his brother's house. Like, that is so incredibly painful. You're like... You know, this is probably, I wonder if he was planning on continuing, just going on and just doing, going somewhere else and shooting up another place. Mm-hmm. But then when, after he got injured, then obviously couldn't continue. That's exactly what happened. Look at that. <laughs> <I'm an laughs> yeah. You should switch your job. No, I'm I just know. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those, this explosion that he was not planning on definitely derailed his plans Mm -hmm. because then they realized there was a second getaway car that bruce had rented and inside this car it had a computer clothes water food and maps of the u.s and mexico so he was clearly planning on getting in this getaway car and going to mexico probably wow and escaping And this getaway car was parked 500 feet from Scott Noyd's house, I think is how you say it, who is Sylvia's divorce attorney. So they're suspecting that after he went to the Ortegas, he was planning on going to the divorce attorneys and killing him as well. Um, Wow. And then escaping. Yeah. Yep. So some people said that Bruce was completely obsessed with the divorce and that he had been planning to get back at Sylvia for a very long time, like ever since... um, So I'm assuming she initiated the divorce if he's like going this crazy about it. Right, right. Which, and clearly this is all... I mean, you take time to rig your car and everything. This is extremely premeditated. Oh yeah, he's been planning this for a while, made bombs and those things. Um. But then people around the neighborhood and people like where he lived were like completely shocked because he was a regular um, usher at his local church. So um, and they said he loved gardening and he was so pleasant and he was like one of the nicest people they had ever known. And I just like that sort of stuff blows my mind because it's like you never really know somebody, you know? No. Yeah, you're right. You don't. It's so crazy, like, how someone who's living this unassuming life day-to-day can all of a sudden just, out of nowhere, become this monstrous person. It's just crazy how bitter something like this can make somebody. Yeah. It's sad, too. So police concluded, officially, from the getaway car, the lack of a suicide note meant that he had planned to kill Scott Noyd as well and escape to Mexico, but the unplanned explosion left him so badly burned that he just decided to commit suicide instead because it was, like, 
so painful and he didn't want to live like that imagine like how it must feel to be scott where it's like he was pretty close to being killed that night yeah and he didn't even know it and it's christmas eve like maybe he wasn't home but maybe he was home with his family as well so imagine who his family might have been hurt too not just him right because this guy i mean he he flipped a switch he was not only going after sylvia he went after her whole family yeah like he went nuts and like yeah this could have been like nine people is horrific because that's his the total amount of dead people at the end of the day but it could have been like a whole other game if he actually got to this man's house yeah um so at this point the bodies of the victims are identified and it is sylvia ortega her parents joseph and alice her brothers james and charles and her sister alicia So, all of, like, the immediate family Mm -hmm. of the Ortegas, except Letitia, are dead. So, Letitia is now the only surviving daughter of the Ortegas. Oh, my gosh. That's so sad. I know. Like, I can't even imagine losing my entire, like, immediate family. And they were so close. I mean, Mm -hmm. they were all together celebrating the holiday together. It's just so sad. Yeah. Um, Also... Letitia lost two sisters-in-law and her 17-year-old nephew. So that brings a total to nine. Wow. So it's kind of... And so, like I said, there were kind of a lot of people that night, a lot of kids there. And at the end of the... By the end of all of this, 13 sons and daughters lost at least one parent that night. So that is 13 kids without at least one of their parents like that is that's so that is unbelievable that you have this man has broken up so many different like branches and extensions of this family like it's just so terrible and someone that was i mean just posing as someone that was a religious person it's just yeah yeah and then uh, to do this not only to do this as is monstrous enough but to show up on christmas eve dressed as santa like you're going to ruin this holiday for for the you know like or try to and take this happy evening and like just destroy it you know like that's a whole whole nother level of messed up to me he's just such a bitter person that literally wants everyone else to suffer and yeah and i think i didn't write down the exact quote but one reporter said that uh, something like Bruce had decided not just to take out Sylvia but to like destroy everything she loved and like he did unfortunately well he tried to that's so sick I I, that makes me so sad just for like everybody involved and then just trying to because I feel like every episode I try to focus on like I try to figure out why yeah what motivation at least what was going through their head you know and, I mean, most of the time I can't. This guy, his wife divorced him, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, you can almost you can almost understand why he would, like, want her dead. But yeah. to then go ahead and just kill all these people on top of that, including children, is mm-hmm. just sick. And your former relatives. These are your former, you know, they're divorced, but, like, 
you were related to these people mm-hmm. for X amount of years. You know were personally. part of this family. Yeah. It's just, I can't believe someone could have the capacity to do that. Yeah. It's insane. Like, a random stranger is one thing, but, like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. So, Letitia, um, this is, like, oh, my gosh. That night, because it's Christmas Eve, she is, like, super mom because she's still she's at the hospital knowing her family is like all dead and she's still trying to save christmas for her kids so she calls a friend like hey can you go put the presents under the tree so that when we come home from the hospital tomorrow my kids can and she tells them she tells them that wasn't the real santa there's presents for you like santa still came like that like breaks my heart like she's this is the same mom. night, the same night that this happened. She's calling a friend to make sure there's presents under the tree for her kids tomorrow. What a good mom. I, I like know. that made me teary eyed. I know. That's Aww. just like insane. Like I if I were in her shoes, like my brain would be like so lost and I'd be so like it uh, probably wouldn't even cross my mind. I mean, I'm not a mom, so I don't have that right. instinct in me right now, but like right. I Oh my gosh, that's like insane. And then she has, she, ever since then too, Letitia has tried to uphold Christmas traditions with the remaining relatives they have. Um, She says that they still celebrate happy memories. They have Christmas dinner, they exchange gifts and they go to church on Christmas and then they visit the cemetery on Christmas as well. So she's like, um... You know, trying to do her best by... She's suddenly become, like, the matriarch of the remaining family, you know? Mm-hmm. Good, good for her and good for them for just continuing it and not letting that, you know, stop them from their family traditions. Yeah. Because that could easily just end it all. Like, she could just be like, no, I don't, I don't want to anymore. Yeah. Too many hard memories. Um, Letitia and her husband also... Um, well, the article said took in, but possibly adopted her sister Sylvia's daughter, Katrina, who was shot that night. And the family is very involved in helping victims of tragedies. So ev- whenever they hear about other families who have lost um, family members to like, you know, things mm-hmm. like this, like crime... Um, they always write letters to support the victims and try and help them out as best as they can. Um, so they're very active in like trying like victim support things. Good for them. I know. Like that's you amazing. Turning this, um, she says they like all the children have gone to like grief camp and like counseling and therapy, and that mm-hmm. she has as well. But they're also trying to heal others through this as well so i i just think that's so wow strong of them and that is i mean they're trying to do the best with what they were given and they're almost like you know bringing out a positive with just helping others along with it it's just amazing yeah and then um in an interview with oprah in 2016 letitia said i can't do anything to change what happened i can only focus on the future this is what he's done. Enough. I'm not going to allow you to consume, to continue to consume us with your evilness. You don't want that anger to live within you day to day and grow just like it did with this monster. We have to keep moving in our everyday moments. There are those moments we think 
we've been through the worst, so this cannot break us. Wow. Yeah. That's all I can say. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just, I feel like so much admiration towards her and her family of being able to, you know, pick up the pieces of their family and keep them together, you know, and everything, so. I know. I mean, just the fact that this guy, like we were saying before, just clearly was just miserable and had a lot of hate in his heart. Yeah. And they see that and they don't want to then do the same. It's mm-hmm. just beautiful. It's just amazing that they have decided, no, that's not what we're going to become because clearly it didn't work out for him. Yeah. It just makes you miserable in the end. And that's kind of a good a good way to think about it is like, even, no matter what happens, try to stay on the positive. Don't let it turn you into bitter, a bitter person. And if you feel like you're becoming bitter from it, then try to get help by, you know, like like what they did, going to those grief camps. Yeah. I just think it's, it's obviously, I mean, insanely tragic, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy that their lives are not, I mean, I'm sure they think about it every day, you know, but like not, what am I trying to say? You know, like weighed down mm-hmm. with it, you know? Right. Or trying to make the most of Right. Like, no matter what. Their it's, life. It's hard, but they're not letting it affect them. Yeah. Uh, like, change their life. Uh, I don't... Yeah, it's hard to it's, say. Yeah, it's hard. Like, obviously, it is life-changing, but... And they're dealing with grief. When you're trying to... You know, you're not... She's decided we're not going to not celebrate Christmas. We're not going to shut that out of our lives and turn it into mourning every year. Mm-hmm. We're going to still celebrate, but we... You know, they go into the cemetery and stuff. And she she's, like, more of trying to think of it, I think, as, like, honoring them instead of keeping in mourning all these yeah. years, you know. And also, I'm, I'm sure there's, like, an element of fear that they must be feeling as well or just uneasiness, almost like PTSD from it. Oh, yeah. Because sure. that sounded terrifying what took place that night. But yet they still get together and they still mm-hmm. see each other. And that's just, that's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that was a shorter episode than I thought it would be, but mm-hmm. um, it's a little holiday episode for you guys. All right. Well, yeah, Christmas is next week, so I don't think we're going to be doing an episode during that week. Right. Um, so we'll be back in the new yeah. year, maybe a little before then, but um, yeah. after Christmas, we'll be back. Don't worry, you haven't heard the last of us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm Casey. I'm Emily. And you just heard A Sprinkle of Sugar, A Dash of Murder.